Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. And so, Father, I thank you for your anointing in this place. Thank you for the great things that you've done already. And I pray that you would find amongst us a surrendered heart and a willing heart that says, not my will be done, but your will be done. Help us again to look to you, the author, the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. Lord, surely these are the last days and the devil knows it. Lord, the signs are all around the earth. But I thank you, Lord, that even though the devil may raise up a standard, even in these last days, you too are raising up a people, a people who are surrendered to you for the purposes of extending your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And I know, Lord, that so many find themselves in different places right here, right now, today. And I thank you, God, that you understand our frame. You understand all that we're going through and you're working all things together for good. And so God, I pray for those who are sick physically in their bodies, both in the room and online. I thank you for your healing anointing. I pray for those who have a broken heart. Lord, I speak love. I speak life. And I speak the light of the gospel. Now I pray that you would give us all ears to hear and eyes to see in a surrendered, faith-filled heart that will listen and follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I just really sense the gentleness of the Holy Ghost. I sense the, the gentleness. I feel like I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me right now, to someone, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I've got you. And uh, so I just want to bless you. Thank you for coming today. You may be seated. And uh, we're going to continue with our series on uh, stewardship today. And so by way of reminder, because I really do believe it can take a little while for us, for our minds to bend from the things of the earth, because we've set them on earth, you know, for so long. It can take uh, a little while to unset or to reset and to set our hearts and minds in heavenly places. It really, really does. It's actually a lifetime journey. And uh, so, you know, God, He has a big house. God has a big house, and it's called earth. Not only does He own the house, but He owns everything in the house. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. Do you believe that today? If we really do believe that, that's going to change everything, you know, even when it comes to how we walk out of this uh, room today. Everything we have belongs to God. We're not owners of anything because everything belongs to Him. And if we can lay hold of the spirit and principle of biblical stewardship from God's perspective, then we really are going to set ourselves up for understanding the meaning of our God-given purpose and life. Your life has a God-given purpose. And so today, I have a word from the Holy Spirit. And the word that God has for us today is the word work. The word is work. 
So let's turn to Genesis chapter 1 verse 4 and let's take a look at the history of the heavens and the earth. And it says, this is the story of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, for there was no man to till it, to till the ground. That word till means to dig, means to stir, it means to work. I was talking to Josina. Great to see her and Kobe and uh, the little one. And, you know, Josina was telling me how she was working in the garden. It took work. It didn't just happen. She had a thought, an imagination of how she wanted it to look, but it wasn't just going to happen. She had to put in the work. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, the man is the name of our men's ministry, and he placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. And so, here's an historical account of God creating the heavens and the earth and God wanting to establish and extend heaven on earth. And the planet as we know is full of potential to be fruitful and to multiply, but nothing was growing according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. Why? Because there was no rain. And why was there no rain? Because no one was at work. There was no man to till the ground. And so it didn't rain until the man began to work. No one was working. No one was plowing. No one was putting in an effort. And this is why nothing was growing. The word that the Holy Spirit wants to land on someone's heart today is the word work. And you might be saying, but I am. I am working. Well, then keep on working at the things that God is revealing to you. The word works when we work it. And so if we're going to transform community and culture, and you know, it's always good to uh, remember what the vision of Gateway Life Church is, and that is to be a gateway. Mind you, every time I share my vision with other pastors or you know, just other people in general, they love it. They think it is so, it is symbolic and uh, it is prophetic, right, of our purpose. And so the, the vision is to be a gateway of God's kingdom, God's kingdom on earth, transforming community, which is people, right? As the Lord, you know, does his supernatural work because there's a worker and to transform culture, which are beliefs. That's our vision, right? And in order for us to transform community and culture, your family, in order to transform your marriage, your business, wherever you might find yourself, your school, then we must first of all engage it. We've got to be there. You've got to engage it. And the way that you engage it is to be there. It's to be present. If somebody wants to catch fish, are there any fishermen here? Put your hand up if you're a fisherman. There's just a, a real small handful. My son-in-law, Dan, he's a fisherman. He's a very good fisherman, actually. Wow. 
Uh, I wanted, uh, I've thought about going fishing uh, with him out at sea, but I, I'm thinking the only thing I'll catch is seasickness. Um, once upon a time there, my wife and I, we went on holidays to uh, Marimbula, and I had this grand dream and vision to go deep sea fishing, right? I thought I can just see myself catching the most amazing fish, bringing them home, impressing my wife, and cooking it on the barbie. And even as I was saying goodbye to her as I entered the charter, I said, because we walked there to where I was going, she waved me off, it was early in the morning. I said, you better not walk back, you better bring a car for the fish. Because I'm going with the big, big catch. Well, what actually happened, there was, uh, you know, the, the actual fishing charter business supplied burley. Uh, I also supplied some of my own burley at uh, no charge as I leant over the edge of the boat. And I don't need to be, you know, tell you anymore. I vomited, right? Um, so, uh, and I did catch a fish. And it was like, I got a photo of that. Pity I don't have a photo of that right here. I should have thought about this. This is all coming to me. This is like amazing. Um, anyway, it was about this big. So anyway, I'm getting off the, the charter and I'm, you know, we're all walking down the little narrow, you know, board that they put off the edge onto the deck and I'm walking off sort of, you know, a bit like this. I was in a bad state. I was in a cold sweat. And Trina's in the distance. And she, this is what she does. She goes... Where's the fish? <laughs> and I'm like, anyway, so that's my fishing story. So don't, uh, it's not, you know, not, it's the only one I've got. And you've got to use what you've got, don't you? So sometimes Christians have a very unusual belief that says, I can stay in my home and the fish will just come to me without me doing anything, without me going. See, the command is to go. And we're commanded to go to our neighbor to our brother, to our sister, even to the one that we perhaps feel offended by. We've got to go, you know, and show love. You know, if we just do good, see the core value, core value number one here at Gateway is love. And so there's going to be a time when God gives us the opportunity to supernaturally love someone who we don't feel like loving. You see, Jesus said, if you just love those who love you, there's no reward in that for you. Because even... The sinners do that. And I know that we're all sinners. But, but even carnal people do that. I'll do this for you because you did it for me. No, Jesus said, make a real impression and love the unlovable, right? And so, again, the point is we've got to go to where the fish are. And if we're going to transform Aubrey Wodong, if you're going to transform your marriage, you're going to have to have some of those, at times, awkward conversations to move through the, the issue or family or business or in the church, whatever it might be. We have to be there so that we might engage it and establish and extend God's kingdom on earth. But in order for God to do that, we've got to have workers there. And so next Saturday, Paulie and Otter, come and just stand up here for a moment, Paul. Paulie and Otter, who heads up our evangelistic life group, okay? So we have an evangelistic team, an evangelistic life group. Paul, this is, let's just get that on the screen. Paul is heading out next Saturday to evangelize the streets. 
And um, so if you'd like to know more about what it means to step out and to go, this is just one opportunity. Now, this is not the only way we do it because we want to empower you to go and reach your community throughout the week. In fact, I would encourage you at the beginning of each day that you pray a prayer that says, uh, Lord, would you please give me an opportunity today to somehow share my faith or to be an example just the way that I live. Somebody once said, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. So how we live speaks louder than what we actually say. And so Paul is going out next Saturday, and he has a great heart and, uh, for all of that. And the last time he went out, it was raining, it was cold, and he gave me a call Saturday afternoon. He goes, oh, you know, Pastor Jay, there weren't that many people out, and we didn't, you know, ha have as many opportunities, but we spoke to some, and we had this good opportunity. I said, Paul, all of heaven is celebrating that you just went. And God bless you, man. Let's show him some encouragement and some love. <laughs> that wasn't actually your exit to leave, but that's fine. I'm just having some fun with you. I said that actually wasn't your exit to leave, but that's fine. No, I'm just having fun. So if you'd like to know more, see Paul. Uh, but you're maybe thinking, oh, I can't see myself. I can't imagine myself going out into the community and just walking up to people like Paul does. Well, can I encourage you to begin to have a time where you begin to imagine yourself in that picture. Begin to see yourself having opportunities with people. I don't know about you, but I do this all the time. I imagine myself having just random, uh, divine, impromptu opportunities in the, uh, in the aisle of uh, the supermarket. I just, it's something I do all the time. It's really important that you begin to see yourself in the picture of the gospel. Because sometimes you're looking at the gospel and you're thinking, I just can't picture myself doing what God says. Why don't you begin to pause and begin to imagine yourself in the picture? and the scriptures becoming alive to you. So let's just say that you don't feel like you could do what Paul does and the team. Well, you could always go, right, still, and just observe from a distance and begin to see evangelism modeled. But let me tell you something that we can all do. And let's go to the next screen because uh, these uh, Easter cards are arriving this week and next Sunday we're going to hand them out and we want to encourage you to take one, pray over it and see yourself having an opportunity to hand one of these cards out and say, hey, uh, our church has a wonderful Easter uh, presentation and I just want to invite you to come. That's all you've got to do. That's all you've got to do. God bless you and uh, have a great day. That's it. At least in its uh, entry level form, you could take that card and put it in a neighbor's letterbox. Who knows what God will do with the seed? You see, the power, it's in the seed. And uh, actually, before we move on around uh, communion today, um, I just wanted to say also that this Wednesday night, uh, regarding our men's ministry, uh, for those of you who are connecting uh, to our men's uh, ministry and life groups there, uh, we're not gathering here this Wednesday. We're going to be gathering at the Commercial Club. 
at 7.30. So meet at the back entrance in the foyer. And there's Pete Walters. Put your hand up, Pete. So if you need to know any more information, see Pete. He will oversee that evening. Uh, and there'll be a text message going out to all of those who are connected uh, to the men's life group. And Pete's number will be on there uh, if you need to call him for more information. Satan doesn't mind us going to church as long as we just consume and don't contribute. Satan doesn't mind us reading God's Word as long as we don't obey and work the Word, lest we be blessed to go and be a blessing. That's the plan, you know. I will bless you, God said to Abraham, and you will be a blessing. And David said, surely my heart overflows with a good theme and uh, my cup runs over. God doesn't want to, you know, some Christians just believe that it's about just getting enough for them. But God wants to fill you with so much love, supernatural love, so much supernatural grace. And listen, sometimes people ask me, I don't know how you do it. It's simply because I just allow the Lord to fill me, right? Just to fill me with his supernatural love. And the only way that he can do that is through surrender. So I have struggles like you. I find it hard to, to love and serve God by loving and serving people also. And you're like, well, how do you do it then? I can only do it through surrender. Once upon a time, God said to me, if you can just get out of the way and die to yourself, I will be able to take up more residence in your life. And my ego kicked in a little bit. Like your ego kicks in a little bit. And I was like, God, but what if I offer you this or that? And it's like, no, if you could just die. I said this to the men. I had the honor of just uh, preaching, uh, ministering at a men's breakfast yesterday morning. And I said to the guys, I said, if you want to grow in the things of God, then you've got to die to yourself. And so too many of us, uh, we're too alive. And there's too much of us. And anything that begins with us or self never ends well. Just surrender. Let's have a look at Jesus' prayer. And it says in Mark chapter 9, verse 37, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. That's Mark chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. The word that the Holy Spirit wants to land today, online and in the room, is the word work. Work. Some of you are too busy working for the things that don't produce bread. Read Ecclesiastes, right? Read Ecclesiastes. And some of us are working so hard, and you're so, some of you are so tired. You're worn out. And it's so much harder for you to walk by faith. Because, you, because we get so tuned into how I feel and our minds are so set on the list of things to do on the earth that there's just a little bit left over for God. We need to repent of that if that's you. There's no condemnation, never ever any condemnation. But there should be conviction saying, yeah, you know what? God's, my love for God has cooled and it's gone down the, the priority list. And so because my love for God has cooled, my love for my purpose and my love for people has also cooled. I've got to raise that level again.
knowing that when I seek first the kingdom of God, all that I need will be added unto me. So I just want to pray into that because Jesus said to pray for workers. I also want to encourage you to be the, the answer to that prayer. Don't just pray for workers. Ask God to help you to be the answer to that prayer. So I'm just going to pray. So, dear Father, you are the Lord of the harvest. And you love the harvest. You love the world. You so love the whole world. And I simply pray that the word work would land on our hearts. That we would work hard to, as it were, press on to that to the upward call in Christ Jesus, to forget what lies behind and to be all that you've called us to be. I just pray that we would just pursue you uh, with faith and with simplicity of heart, that we wouldn't complicate something that you meant, you uh, designed to be simple. And so God, I thank you for faith. I thank you for healing. And I thank you for love in Jesus' name, not only for your word, but for this world. I also pray that, I tell you what, God is going to give you so many opportunities in the coming days, if you're willing. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind if you're willing. Don't just go, I feel like the Holy Spirit is also saying, don't just go for the lost ones, go for the strayed ones. Don't just go for the lost ones, also go again for the strayed ones. We're going to come around communion now. And as we come around communion, God wants you to know that he can take a bad past and turn it around into an awesome future. Sometimes we can think that we're too bad or beyond repair for God to use. And I just want to remind someone today that there is hope and that, and that you can be free. Free from being chained to your past. Free from the lies, the brokenness and the deceptions. And I don't know if, you're, uh, if you've ever heard of a fellow by the name of Manasseh in the Old Testament. If you've never heard of Manasseh, Manasseh in the Old Testament, he fits in well with guys like uh, Attila the Hun, Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and Osama bin Laden, all rolled into one. His favorite color, Manasseh's favorite color, was red, blood red. He had no mercy. He was hell on wheels. He was into mass destruction. And even though he came from a godly home, he hated God. He hated the worship of the Lord. And he fought very hard to not keep the Ten Commandments. He loved the worship of Baal. And he even placed Asherah poles in the temple, which were uh, wooden uh, symbols aligned with the worship of sex. So he would craft these idols and put them in the temple of the Lord just to tick God off. We're going to have a look now at 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey. I want to read to you a story because sometimes we think we're too bad for God to use and it's a, it is such a deception from the devil. Sometimes it's just an excuse. 
to make us feel exempt from wanting to do anything from God. I'm too bad. I'm beyond repair. I don't think God will ever be able to, you know, help me because I'm just too messed up. You know, that can either be an excuse to make us feel exempt, which means I don't have to take any responsibility, or it it is just an absolute lie from the devil, and you need to be free from that, uh, that, uh, that thought either way. 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he came, when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. Manasseh did more evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. Uh, Manasseh, he raised up altars for Baal. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name and no other name. He also made his own son pass through fire as a sacrifice. He practiced soothsaying. He used witchcraft and consulted spiritualists and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set a carved image of an Asherah, which is what I was talking about earlier, an Asherah pole that he had made and put it in the house of the Lord, which the Lord had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood, till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, all that he did and the sin that he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? 2 Chronicles chapter 33 verse 11. Therefore, and I'll just invite the worship team to come. Therefore the Lord brought upon him the captains. So now, fast forwarding, Manasseh is caught. He's been captured. Therefore, the Lord uh, brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took now Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Can you see that scene? He's been hooked, right? Now he's got shackles, and now he's walking to Babylon. Verse 12. Now when he was in affliction, guess what he did? He cried out to the Lord. And he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And he prayed. He prayed to God. And the Bible says, and God received his entreaty. And that God heard his supplication, his humble request. And God brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, his prayer to his God. And the humble words of uh, the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Indeed, they are written in the books of the kings of Israel. Also his prayer and how God received his entreaty and all his sins and how his trespasses were pardoned. I just want to ask someone here today, do you, in the light of his resume, feel like you're worse than him? God gives Manasseh another chance And we serve the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. Keep counting. And when you get to the end, that's how many chances you and I have got. In other words, you won't get to the end, for his grace is eternal. Now, let me wind it up. 
In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As good stewards, our series is about stewardship. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, each of you should use whatever gift they have received to serve one another. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.